Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the program. We are low-level flying on this Thursday afternoon. It's just after 1 o'clock in New South Wales. It's just after midday up there in Queensland. We're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, portable toilet and temporary fence hire in Sydney. Go to sbsfence.com.au. Go and see Alex and the team. Gus Gould, part two with the general manager of football at the Bulldogs, coming up very shortly. Uh, Looking forward to his insights into... Uh, more broadly around the game and not necessarily just the Bulldogs. We welcome back listeners from SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Remember, download the SEN app anywhere at any time. And if you missed anything in the first hour, get us on whatever podcast it is. You get Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, Afternoons with Jimmy Smith. Afternoons with Jimmy Smith. Talk topic today, matches I'd like to forget. Anzac Day 96 and the Warriors game 2006, says Darren. Our Bunnies fan, uh, Jerome at $4.5 million over four years is way overs. Desperate clubs will try desperate measures. We just had the breaking news with Adrian Presenko from the Sydney Morning Herald in the first hour. An official offer from the Tigers, $4.5 million over four years for Jerome Luai. Now, I speculated about what some of the other halves at the club would be on. Uh, Jim, where do you get these $500,000 figures for the Young Tigers halves? First time this amount has been suggested by anyone. Well, I'll be more accurate than uh, 038. And the numbers that I have been told are uh, Latu Fainu, 650000 Jaden Sullivan, 700000 And remember, Jaden Sullivan was on 600000 from all reports at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So you don't go to the Tigers unless you get a little bump up. So you throw in, I don't know, let's put 200000 on the table for Aiden Caesar. So you're looking at 1.125 for Luai, 650000 for Latu, Fainu, 700000 for Jaden Sullivan, 200000 for Aiden Caesar. Wow. Anyway. Uh, let's see if they can make it work. Um, is he is he going to be better for the Tigers if he's there, Jerome Loy? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. But we've still got to see all that play out yet. Jimmy, Jerome Loy will accept the West Tigers offer because it is too good to refuse. This is coming in from the Wolf. What will be fun is the press conference announcing his signing where Jerome says the reason he is joining West Tigers is because he wants to do something Ivan Cleary couldn't do, take them to the top eight. <laughs> 
Yes, that is good. And, of course, we remember, I think it was last month, might have been earlier this month, that Ivan Cleary had the press conference and he wondered whether Jerome Luai could lead a team around in the National Rugby League. Nice, Wolf. I like what you've done there. Keep those text messages coming in, 0457 736 736. The open line number, 1300 01 1170. But right now, let's get to part two of our chat with Gus Gould. Time to go to part two of our interview with the general manager of football at the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, Phil Gould. And I start by asking him about expansion. I do it on behalf of listener Steve Brigg, who sent a question through on X, talking about the number of teams that is ideal for the National Rugby League, where those teams should be placed, and when they should come into the competition. I've got no problem with the game expanding. I think it's only good for the game. And I think if we... And I know Peter Volandis is keen on that fact as well. Um, it's been well publicised. We're probably going to have an NRL franchise from PNG, um, which is important. But um, there are other areas around in New Zealand and Australia. You know, like big, strong front rowers and little halfbacks aren't just born on the eastern seaboard of Australia in New South Wales and Queensland. They're born all over the world. So the further yeah. we can stretch our talent scouting and our ability to give them professional coaching uh, in their teenage years is, is, is very important. Um, but right at the moment, with the current development pathways that they have, with the, with the, you know, there's only a number of clubs that really take that develop seriously and invest enough money in it. The game doesn't invest enough money in it. There are clubs who do it really well. There are some that dabble in it, and there are some that don't do much at all. Mm. Um, but you know, it should it should be a compulsion on every club to contribute towards. And then the NRL needs to get its act together on all of that. But you now, if they want franchises in Perth or Adelaide or another one in Melbourne or another one in New Zealand or um, you know, somewhere else in Queensland, which you know, I think they can accommodate one for sure. I mean, we could have as many teams as we like, provided everyone's investing in pathways, the game is investing in pathways, and we're getting as many kids through the system as possible. There's plenty of talent in the Pacific Islands, particularly in, also in New Zealand, um, and there are plenty of talented players or, or athletes in other parts of Australia who never get exposed to our game. Um, yeah. You know, either play other sports or they don't play any. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunity there to, to develop your reach and, and what you do. But, you know, I think that we've just got to get our minds out of the paradigm of our previous development pathways and how we scout and develop that. You've got to invest in your future. You, that's the most important thing you invest in. And all I've seen for a long time is trying to find ways to stop clubs spending on that type of thing or making it harder for them. Um, where it should be the complete opposite. You know, we waste a lot of money in a lot of other areas, and development of your future players should be paramount. It should be the real priority. And you could have 20, 24 teams anytime you wanted. You know, sometimes 20, 30 years in the future. I won't live to see it, Jimmy. You will, but someone's got to start on that program. Yeah. If clubs are doing that, should there be a concession? Should there be a recognition? Because in in many ways, you de facto doing the work of the NRL? Should there be a concession? And and if it, if there should be, what does that concession look like? Well, the, the only reason the clubs do it or the, or, or the clubs do it on their own is because there is no centralised program for it. You know, so the, the, the league is, the NRL is not set up to do that, nor does it have the people with the expertise and the experience to do it. Those people are found in club land and they're found at the coalface, they're found at the grassroots level. They're people in clubs that no one's ever heard of that have spent 30, 40 years, you know, in these sorts of areas in developing young talent and getting a relationship with junior leagues and 
junior league coaches and um, you know, we need to provide it's the NRL clubs that have the relationship with with grassroots not necessarily yeah. the NRL it's the NRL clubs therefore the easiest way is to use the NRL clubs to expand the reach in whatever the NRL doesn't necessarily have to have a centralized development arm because we've got those people in NRL clubs now um, but um, they certainly need to give them greater scope and greater funding uh, to assist. It's not a cheap business. It's not, and this is why it's expensive for clubs because there's, you know, the percentages that get through and succeed are very, very small. Mm. It's, you know, you've got to you've got to have a wide base of the pyramid to get to the top and get an NRL player. It's not an exact mm. science. And I hear all this sometimes. People say, oh well, just just sign the blue chippers, the ones that are definitely going to make it. And I said, well, which ones are they? You know. Yeah. Like, you don't know, and you know it's yeah. like you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. The kid that can't make a rep side up until the age of seventeen, and then goes on to be a, a ten-year NRL player. You know, you hear you hear Absolutely. it so many times. We're, we're, we're sort of been we're sort of been restricted in the last few years. The two years of COVID, where there was no junior rep football, or uh, it's hurt the game. It's hurting us now in the number of players we've got available, and in the in the readiness of some of our 19, 20, and twenty-one year olds in getting ready for first grade. Usually these fellas are ready for first grade and uh, and look the part, but, you know, the numbers are smaller over the last couple of years. We'll get back to it. Um, but, you know, it's it's not easy, and they, they mature at different levels. You know, developing development of NRL players and getting them through with the, with the skills and the physicality, the knowledge and the confidence to play at the NRL level, it's a, it's, it's, there's no exact science to it. You know, some fellas walk in at 18 years of age and look like they've been there all their life. We've got more players developing at 24, 25, and 26 these days than I think ever before. You yeah. Know, and they've still got an 8 or 10-year career left in them if they can get it and, and, and do it well. Um, but our game doesn't persevere with them long enough. If they sort of haven't made NRL by the time they're 20, we're looking for the next best kid coming through or we're changing position or them. You know, there's not enough money to keep them in the game. I think we've really got the secondary cap and the, and the development part of our salary cap terribly wrong. There are a lot of blokes running around at the moment can't get a job, can't get a spot in a club, and and can't be paid the money to justify their training and the time that they've got to sacrifice to do it. You know, some sacrifice education, careers, yep. apprenticeships, work. You know, to be able to live this dream of, of being an NRL player. And if we can't give them the opportunity to do that, then obviously the numbers that get through are going to be less. You know, we've got yeah. that part of the system wrong, terribly wrong. If expansion is a tick for you, is Vegas a worthwhile exercise? Well, it's, you know, like, I remember, Jimmy, when they first played the first State of Origin game and everyone said it'd be a gimmick. Yeah. You now it's it's the highlight of our, our, our mid-season as State of Origin football and has been for 40-odd years. I think that... Um, you know, it'll be baby steps across there. I can't imagine getting over there and making a big splash about this, but if they are consistent and they're persistent and they stick with it for 20, 30 years, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it develops into? But if you don't go, if you don't go, well, you just go there as a one-off, nothing's going to happen. So, I, you know, I think it's I think it's something I wish someone had done 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Peter Valandi, he's, he thinks outside the square. But the thing about it is you can't just go there once and judge it on that. You've got to go back year after year after year after year, maybe twice a year, and, and I'm sure he's got that in his, in his, in his sights. But you, you've got to do it for two or three decades to make a dent 
for to get any interest in a market like that. Just playing one weekend over there and saying, well, that was a good idea, how did we go? It's not going to cut it. Um, they've got to do it consistently over two or three decades to find out the impact of it. And we need people to think like that, to think beyond their own tenure and think beyond their own contract if we want the best results for the game. Mm. Uh, Mark Crookie via uh, Twitter has said, talking about the Junior League funding that you announced, uh, I think it was last month, um, how did you model it dollars-wise? Um, he thinks it's a great uh, initiative. So that was free footy or, or football um, is going to be uh, $100 for kids under fives to under 13s. Give us the understanding about the thought process on that one, Gus. Well, this was really a, a decision by our board. Now, Chairman John Curry is a very big junior league supporter, and so too are the board and the Canterbury Leeds Club. And we wanted to make um, the opportunity to participate in our sport for both the boys and the girls uh, as affordable as possible. It's not easy for families these days. We understand that. We want to encourage participation and grow numbers. And the board felt that that was you know, part of the Leeds Club's charter to propagate the game of rugby league in the local area. Um, and come up with a great decision to make it as affordable as possible for all families to get their kids involved. You know, we know some families have four or five kids, you know, who yeah. all want to be playing sport. You all know how expensive that is, you know, and then you've got, you know, music lessons and dancing lessons and other codes, and, you know, it gets very expensive for, for parents to keep their kids in sport. Um, the Canterbury Leeds Club board, who are very progressive and doing a great thing for our club, uh, have come up with this idea that, you know, we've got the money, we can afford it, we can make life easier for parents and, uh, and families in the area and, and get their kids playing the game. It's a, it's a wonderful initiative, it's a great gesture and it's typical of the thinking of this board at the moment at the Canterbury Leeds Club. Can I ask why it stopped at 13s, Gus? That in, in, from what I understand, and I'm seeing it firsthand now with my, my young bloke at about that age, that it's a critical point that some people walk away from the game and there's a whole heap of reasons associated with that. Was there a particular reason why it stopped at 13? No, uh, I would say this is only embryo stage of a greater program down the track. I think this is just the introduction of it. Um, they want to get kids into those early ages and get them involved in the game, and then um, they'll reassess that over the next couple of years and, and go again. But um, the Canterbury Leeds Club board will be doing everything in their power to get as many kids playing football as possible. Um, yeah. that, that age is a crucial age. They go from sort of junior league sport to international international fields, you know, international big size fields and all that. So, um, but I'm sure there's a, a plan in place for that down the track. Uh, I want to ask you about three guys. Connor Tracy, uh, speculation about his move to the dog. Where's where's the situation there, Gus? Uh, speculation about a lot of things, Jimmy. Um, right. Connor Tracy, I understand, is, is looking to play somewhere where he gets a more regular NRL start. He's obviously got a lot of talent there. Another, everyone knows how good he is. So uh, he's on contract, though. He's working through it with the Sharks, and my understanding is the Sharks are reluctant to let him go. So um, there are a number of clubs looking for his services. He's a, a very talented player, obviously. Uh, very talented player. A another very talented player. You must be excited about too, Stephen Crichton. Um, I think he was back at training well and truly a lot earlier than anticipated. Um, how much excitement is there for Cam Serraldo and, and indeed the club with someone like uh, Stephen Crichton and, uh, you, you know, I think he was another outstanding player for Penrith in the grand final and arguably New South Wales best in state of origin. Yeah, he was certainly all of that. Um, we've known Stephen a long time. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a great boost for our club to be able to attract a player um, of his talent and his age. He's still clearly got the best in front of him coming forward. And, um, you know, as, as much as his roots are in the West and uh, his parents still live out that way, and so to see, he's got himself a unit in Belmore. He's down there very regularly. Um, I know he's got some time off because he finished late and went to representative football, but he's he's popped in pretty regularly and uh, couldn't help him this week. He got on the edge of the drills and giving <laughs> instruction and, uh, and encouragement to the rest of the players. He, he'll be a great acquisition for us. Um, and as you say, everything you say about him is right. He's an influential player. He's a big moment player. And uh, mm. I think he's only going to get better. I think one of the most fascinating players for a lot of people coming up in 2024 in the NRL is Bronson Cherry. So out of the game for four years, he's still only 23 years of age. What have you seen from Bronson in the, the short bit of time that he's been back and, and training with the club? Do you anticipate him going straight into NRL, Gus? I wouldn't think so. I, you know, I'm not saying he won't, um, but I'm you know, certainly not saying that he will. And we haven't, uh, we haven't got that sort of expectation on him, to be honest. Um, I've known Bronson for a long time. My son played with Bronson in junior rep teams over at Cronel Sharks. Um, yep. And um, so I've sort of known his story fairly intimately over a period of time. <clears throat> Bronson, uh, in his time off, um, you know, has obviously looked after himself and uh, he's a personal trainer in his own right and uh, he's kept himself very, very fit and healthy. Uh, obviously, it's not playing rugby league and there's a lot that he needs to get back into, but from the effort that he's putting in at training and the amount of time he's spending going through the, with the coaching staff and looking for extra work, uh, he's going to give this the best shot possible. He's really missed his rugby league. He's paid a heavy penalty for a silly mistake, but um, you know, everyone's entitled to a second chance and we're giving him that and um, you know, we're cheering for him. Uh, I really want Bronson to do well, but uh, there's no expectations on how quickly he can get back to anywhere near the form he was previously. If he gets back to anything like what he showed us uh, in his teenage years, then um, we've got a very, very good player on very good, very good value. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've been great with your time today, Gus. I really appreciate it. I've got a, I've got a final question for you. My, my mathematics tells me this is your 49th season in professional rugby league from starting with the Panthers back in, in 1976. How is it that you retain the energy and the enthusiasm for the game that you've been in, involved with for so long? I'll say this, Jimmy, there is absolutely no upside to getting old. There is nothing going for it. Absolutely nothing going for it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, apart from the miracle part of it, to be involved in the personal game for this long, I'm you know, so grateful and so fortunate to have had uh, the life that I've had and the career that I've had. And, you know, hopefully it's not over just yet. I, I love doing what I'm doing. And it's, uh, it's the players that keep you young. It's the, the system that keeps you young. And, and I enjoy it as much as I did the first day I ever started. So I still look forward to getting up and going to work each day and uh, hopefully I can keep doing that for a few more years. Yeah, no doubt. Gus, as always, uh, outstanding. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And we wish the Bulldogs all the very best for the upcoming season and beyond. Thanks, James.